Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right, let's talk about that electoral reform because it is back in the news. A special committee formed by the Liberals met to discuss changing the way we vote. I actually happen to think the way we vote is pretty good. I don't like to see it change, but uh, apparently it is a must-do. And uh, the minister in charge of this monumental overhaul, who goes by the name of Maryam Monsef, not only dithered on the issue of holding a referendum, but she can't explain why she won't hold one, but did offer up a very nifty toolkit on how Canadians can get involved with the discussion on electoral reform. So you're not allowed to vote on it, but you can have meetings called a toolkit and I'm not I'm not even kidding here with some of the things that that she is saying that you can do so you can have community gatherings where folks have coffee chats or maybe you can live stream a town hall meeting ask folks how they feel about different voting systems use special hashtags offer refreshments and arrange chairs a certain way So everyone feels inclusive. Really? Seriously? I'd rather have a referendum, thanks. Uh, The plan, you know, it doesn't make sense. It is riddled with holes. And I think the folks in charge who can't explain it don't even want you to ask about it. So if you ask me, I don't, not only do I think this minister may be confused, I actually think she's in over her head. Let's bring in Robin Erbach, who is a writer for the National Post, columnist, as well as political pundit. Good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Am I being unfair? Not at all. I mean, I think what's so interesting about this um, guide toolbox or toolkit or whatever it's being called about electoral reform is I think every Canadian should stop and take 15 minutes to read through it and, and not necessarily to learn about electoral reform, but I think it's a fantastic piece of entertainment. Um, As you kind of mentioned, it has so many minute details in there about how to greet your guests and how to arrange your chairs and how to decide who speaks. Um, And it's, it's so interesting that that seems to be more of the focus from this government rather than whether or not this whole electoral reform concept is a good idea. We haven't really, you know, gotten to the heart of that question to begin with. We keep hearing from Monsef, our Minister of Democratic Institutions, that this is what Canadians voted for. They voted to change our electoral system, and this is the Liberal government delivering on that promise. Well, Canadians vote for all sorts of different reasons. Um, maybe they voted for the Liberals because they like their marijuana plan or they they like their promise to land the jets um, and bring them home from the fighting in the Middle East. Or maybe they just voted for them for some other reason. Never mind the fact that the majority of Canadians actually didn't vote for the Liberals if we're talking about um, who actually voted and for what during the election. So never mind that. But it's... It, it, it's so interesting that the focus seems to be on how to arrange your chairs and what to pour in your drinks rather than talking about the heart of the issue here. 
Because at the heart of the issue is a complete overhaul and change to the way we head to, uh, you know, the voters booth and how we we elect the next government. So the consequences and the importance of this is actually lost in this whole thing. Look, uh, yes, the liberals said that they would look into electoral change, but I don't think for a minute people headed to uh, the election, you know, the voting booth and said, I'm voting for electoral reform, so I'm voting liberal. I actually think it was more, we're sick of Harper, I want liberal, you know, the liberals in. And, and so electoral reform was likely not even on the radar of most people voting. But now we have this government, they have a majority, so they can change it. But I actually think it's a pretty important issue. And, and you know, I don't think it's out of the question, even though it would not be legally binding. But if they had a referendum, I don't think Canadians would want to change. I don't know. I mean, the, the when when there is a referendum, historically, voters tend to stick with the status quo, but not always. I mean, you never know. The, the, what seems so strange here is that the Liberal government is basically saying, okay, instead of hosting a referendum in which every Canadian really has equal opportunity to voice his or her opinion, we're going to help you organize these electoral reforms talking events in your homes, and we're going to tell you to include cups and drinks and snacks and whatever else it is. And somehow that is to be more inclusive than actually hosting a referendum. I think Monsef has said in the House of Commons repeatedly that a referendum is not inclusive because it doesn't traditionally represent the voice of marginalized communities, women, aboriginals, etc. I don't know how she justifies that, but this is what she's been saying. But the notion is somehow those marginalized communities are somehow going to be better heard in these individual little pocketed events. And it's not entirely clear how the message from those events is going to make their way to the federal government in the end. I think there's a way maybe to submit your notes to the federal government, and I'm sure an intern there will reflect on them and add them to the pile. But it seems a roundabout way to get Canadians' voices heard at the federal level as opposed to just allowing them to answer a yes or no question. Come on. Who, never who, re- who in their God's name, who in their who in their right mind is going to have a meeting, Robin, and take the time to say, we had 14 people here and um, se- seven of us are for it and seven of us are against it. We had popcorn and here are our thoughts. No one's going to do it. It's hard enough to get people to go and vote let alone have a little chart chair party. Absolutely, but I'm not sure that that popcorn was on the list of approved uh, uh, supplies on the list from the federal government. I did see drinks and cups, though, <laughs> and I appreciate the specific mention of cups because I don't know where you or I would be if we didn't have our federal government reminding us that in order to serve beverages, we need some sort of vehicle to contain those beverages. Well, I drink out of the bottle, so I don't need cups. Okay, well, can I, I think I want to come to your electoral reform party then. <laughs> but don't you look at this like this is lip service? I mean, they don't want to have a referendum because they're worried about the results of that. Um, they want to look like they're having conversations with can, you know, Canadians to look transparent. But at the end of the day, if, if they go ahead and change the way we vote, and, and I'll get into it in detail in a bit uh, with my next guest who's a political scientist. But, I mean, Robin, the, the, it is actually a pretty big deal. Absolutely. I don't. I mean, people will say in defense of, of the liberal position on this that all sorts of changes are made 
without a referendum. So we decide to change taxes or or change the universal child care benefit or the way that we um, deal with certain illegal substances in Canada. All those things are done without a referendum. But I think it's different when we're talking about fundamentally changing the way our electoral system works. Um, that undermines or supports the entire legitimacy of our democratic system. So to change that without really putting the questions to Canadians seems like a roundabout way of doing it. Furthermore, I think, let's say it's a few years from now or maybe into the second term, whenever it happens that that, uh, our electoral system is changed, I think without a referendum, it will forever be a question before Canadians. And I can just see it going on and on literally for decades, talking about the fact that our electoral system was changed in 2018 or 17 or whatever, if it does happen, and it'll constantly be a question going into subsequent elections about whether or not it was a legitimate election and which party is is uh, proposing to change our electoral system back. And it's just going to be this ongoing unanswered question. If we put it to a referendum, at least we can say, okay, Canadians voted on this specific issue and we have an answer. If we don't do that, it's going to be one of those hypothetical things is always going to be called into question in terms of its legitimacy. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I think we'll have, you know, a lot of uh, political division because of it. So do you, do you think this minister is going to stay in this portfolio? Because I, 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 I've I, heard that she's the nicest human being on the planet, but I, I do believe that she may be in over her head. I, I mean, I think so. To watch her performance in the House of Commons, and it's a difficult place. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to understate how hard it is to be questioned in front of the entire government on a certain file. But if if you can't handle those questions and you can't respond to them in a competent way, then you shouldn't be there. And I totally believe that she's a lovely person, and that's fine, but it doesn't matter how lovely you are when you're in charge of potentially reforming our whole electoral system. And to listen to some of the responses from this minister in the House of Commons in terms of why the government doesn't seem to be entertaining a referendum at this point. It's it's just silliness, and it's total non-sequiturs and things that don't even make sense. I mean, my God, the argument that a referendum is not inclusive to women is just mind-boggling. That makes absolutely no sense. I'm surprised that the Liberals have let it go on for this long, frankly, because it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Um I'm not sure if she's going to stay on this file, but it's just atrocious to watch what happens when these questions are being put to her in the House of Commons. And it, needless to say, doesn't really instill faith among Canadians that this file is being appropriately handled or, or taken with the seriousness uh, with which it should be approached. Yeah, I tend to agree, and uh, and I appreciate your insight into this. But we'll, uh, I guess, we'll chalk it up to it's summer vacation, and you know, it's it's not going to get that much of attention. And I think the Liberals have bigger issues at play that they're willing to 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 let this one kind of, you know, fester for a little bit. Robin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I look forward to your invite to your electoral <laughs> reform party. Bottles and pot, maybe? Right. I don't know. We'll see. All right, that is Robin Ermack. Of course, you can read her in the National Post. She always comes uh, at these stories from a very kind of unique perspective. So I, I, I'm always entertained when Robin kind of pipes into these things. Um, let's talk about the political implications of electoral reform, because while it seems on the surface very dry, it is actually very important um, and has, you know, 
huge reaching consequences if we get it right or if we get it wrong. Nelson Weissman joins me now. He's a political scientist out of U of T. Good to have you, sir. Thank you. What's your take on this with the way the federal government is going about, you know, uh, with these, uh, I guess, conversations in communities? I mean, why are they approaching, uh, you know, what I think is a fairly, uh, you know, big issue in this in this way? Well, if it is a big issue and it is to a lot of people, then it makes sense to have consultations. And it's normal for parliamentary committees to travel the country. I think there are about six or seven that are, have schedules, uh, like this summer, that are moving around on uh, bills which have gotten a lot less attention than this proposal. So that's not unusual um, uh, for governments to, to do this. And it's also very consistent with uh, Justin Trudeau's approach on a number of uh, files to, to widely consult. That was one of the criticisms of the... Um, of the Harper government, and indeed, uh, it was just the other day uh, that the Supreme Court uh, undid the Harper government's uh, decision about approving the Northern Gateway Pipeline on the grounds that there hadn't been the consultation with Aboriginal groups that had been required. Yeah, the, the issue with consultation, though, I mean, if you wanted to do a widespread consultation, wouldn't a referendum then get the widest result and and the most accurate? I mean, it's a yes or no question. Canadians would have their say. Is that not just the more efficient way to go? I don't think it is. Uh, not at all. In fact, I don't think referenda do much in the way of consultation. Consultation is when there's dialogue. What I What I've been seeing in referenda is uh, they get sidetracked on all kinds of other issues. You know, we had a referendum a couple of weeks in Britain on whether or not uh, Britain should stay in the EU. The next day on Google, the most Googled question uh, from Britain, from from Britons, was, uh, what is the EU? Uh, we had a referendum on the Charlottetown Accord, and uh, the uh, Reform Party and the Bloc Québécois turned it into a referendum on Mulroney's deal, even though every party in the House of Commons, NDP, Liberal, and Conservatives at the time, endorsed it, as did all of the provinces. But somehow it got closed up as Mulroney's deal. So was, was it really a, a vote on, on what was in the Charlottetown referendum? Incidentally, I'm not saying... Well, actually, I, I'm just not... Um, I, I don't look sympathetically at referenda. We have a referendum during an election. We elect people to make decisions. We elect people and parties who run on platforms. Quite frankly, I think the Liberals should just move ahead. I, and I think we probably will have a referendum on this. But I think it's, uh, it's a very bad idea. And I also predict you're going to have quite a low turnout. Well, I mean that remains to be seen. I think uh, I think inevitably you're correct that 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 this will become an issue that uh, the pressure will say, "Look, take it to the people and see what they say, yes or no." Um, but how would it work? Uh, you know, if in fact we move into an electoral form, obviously we have the first past the post um, scenario that we we have now. Why change that? I mean, there are those on the other side that will say this gives too much of an advantage to one party. Well, which party does it give an advantage to? I don't see that at all. Okay, so take us through it, because there will be those on the opposition that say, no, 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 this this favors too many on the left, and uh, there'll always be that back and forth, but no, no. what's the well, system that we will be turning to? Well, we don't know. 
that that's what they're consulting about. Ranked balloting, I mean, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, ranked balloting is one option. Or it's, it's also called alternative vote or preferential ballot. Or you could have uh, runoffs, like the French do, where you have voting on two days. And you just, after the first vote, you just end up voting on the top two and you knock out all the rest. Or you don't do that, you know, with ranked ballot. You, you, you know, you've just got a ballot and you go through the numbers and you drop off the who, whoever's at the bottom and you keep transferring their second choices until you get to somebody who's got 50%. Or we could have a form of proportional representation. There are many forms. Now, uh, uh, Trudeau himself has spoken in favor of ranked ballots in the past. Uh, so um, I don't think he's wedded to it. Uh, Stéphane Dion has actually uh, favored um, proportional representation in the past. Uh, different parties will, you know, will favor different things. The conservatives perceive, you know, possibly accurately, that they would... Uh, they do best when it's first past the post. A lot of people say, is first past the post fair? Is it fair you've got a party in power that, uh, you know, only has 39.5% of Canadians' uh, votes, and at the same time, they get anything they want through the House of Commons because they've got a majority of seats. Well, yeah, that's a system we've had. We've got to remember that when we... The first past the post didn't come out of the sky. We got it. It evolved with the British parliamentary system. And in that system, in the, in the initial decades, years, you essentially had two parties. So someone was always going to get a majority. In Canada, since 1921, we've had, I think, 28 or 29 elections. We've only had two or three elections in which any party has gotten 50% of the vote or more. Even when um, the Mulroney Conservatives swept the country to the largest majority in Canadian history in 1988, they got exactly 50.1%. The minute they appointed the Speaker, they actually were no longer a majority on the floor of the House. So it's, it's not uncommon. Um, and, and Canada, Britain, and the United States are actually exceptional in not... Uh, having an alternative form of uh, electoral system. Just quickly before I let you go, Nelson, um, obviously there's a timeline to overhaul this thing before the next election. They would have to get this done quickly. What's your timeline expectation as to to when we actually get down to this? Well, I I, I don't think we're going to end up getting electoral reform. You know, I mean, uh, Elections Canada says they've got to have legislation within... uh, getting through within the next few months. Time will tell. uh, Or, you know, within a year or so, because they feel they need a two-year lead time. Uh, You know, so, you know, I'm skeptical we'll have proportional representation, and I'll tell you the main reason why, or or a different electoral system. Well, I've only got 30 seconds. You'll have to sum it up in in, in, less than 30. I'll sum it up in (laughs) 10. Okay. The majority of the Liberal MPs are not in favor of the system. And the reason they're not in favor is because most of them got elected without getting a majority in their own constituency. There you go. All right, well done. Thank you. Thank you.